welcome everyone. It's January 8th, 2013. I know that sounds just crazy. And <laughs> this is Lori Rubenstein, and this is the second monthly support call for forgiveness, to start talking about forgiveness. I'm going to just briefly give you an overview of who I am and what I've done. So, as most of you know already, I was a divorce attorney and really looked at the system after 18 years. Well, I knew this within the first year, but after 18 years, I was really pretty disgusted with the whole thing and said this is just no way to help families. Our system just is not very good for families. So I decided to go into what's called coaching, a field where you're really helping people to move forward in their lives, wanting to help people to transcend their divorce, to learn that divorce can be a gift and to really make the most out of something that looks like a tragedy to look at it in a little bit of a different way and so what I've realized over the years I've written a few books about divorce and about abuse and realized that forgiveness truly is the cornerstone of all of the work I do you know I realized that when people got to the point of forgiveness in their divorces they were actually able to resolve their conflicts and they were actually able to raise their children in a more healthy way. And so it propelled me to start researching and studying the area of forgiveness, which culminated in a book being published, and it was published in November this last year, and it's called Forgiveness, Heal Your Past and Find the Peace You Deserve. And it can be ordered on Amazon, or you could write to me to order it also, and these monthly support classes were designed to help people who are either reading the book or going through whatever it is you're going through to help you move forward in your life. And I wanted to make these classes free so that nobody had to sort of suffer you know, in that space of, I don't know what to do, I can't forgive, I can't forgive. I want to help everybody who is open to forgiving to really do that. So, with that being said, the topic for tonight is talking about living as though you believe that everything happens as it's supposed to happen. So, a lot of especially more spiritual people believe that what's happening in our lives is happening for a reason, and there's a really good reason, and we always find out what that reason is later on down the road. But while we're going through it, it's a whole different story, right? When you're going through something that's really hard, it's difficult for us to put ourselves in that position of everything happens for a reason and this is just perfect, you know. And so I wanted to give you a story of something that happened to me a few years ago with my daughter. And it was my lesson, you know, it was a huge big lesson for me about how life would really be different if I really, truly believed that everything happens as it should be. It's sort of an interesting thought, isn't it? So I was down in Costa Rica. I had gone to Costa Rica with a man. He was very emotionally and verbally abusive, and we broke up down there after like less than two weeks being down there. And I was basically stuck, you know, in this foreign country for 
three months without much money. And I had some clients, you know, some clients followed me down there and were willing to coach with me by Skype. So I was making a little bit of money, at least enough to survive. So, you know, in the middle of the jungle to get Internet was an amazing thing. And so I was able to Skype with people and check the Internet every once in a while. And my daughter had spoken to me recently about maybe if she would get engaged to the guy that she had been with throughout high school who was, you know, one of these guys that every mother says, you know, why is my daughter falling in love with a bum? You know, mm-hmm. or how is she a bum magnet? <laughs> you know, One of these boys that just sort of drives you crazy and you don't want to see your daughter with. Well, it's Valentine's Day. And I get on to Facebook and there are pictures of my daughter in a wedding dress and congratulations to her from all of her friends. And her status had changed from being in a relationship to married. And that's how I found out that my daughter got married at age 18. So I just immediately went to this like, Oh, my God, you know, her life is over. She just fucked up everything. Excuse my language. You know, it was just like the end of the world immediately. Like, I just cannot believe, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I have to do something. I have to do something. I have to do something. And I was like crying hysterically. (laughs) You know, this was like this trauma drama, right? And then I realized it just was like, overwhelming it's her life it's not my life and then I tell myself well yeah that's true but I'm going to have to like deal with his family and they're all sort of very yucky family (laughs) I mean you know just I really didn't want to ever have to deal with his family or him you know didn't want to be around them so then I started telling myself it's affecting my life though but it's affecting my life And I just went back to that place of, no, this is her choice. And I get to choose, right, if I want these people to be my in-laws or not, like if I want to be involved with them or not. That's a choice that I make. It's not a must. It's a choice. And so there were just some lessons that within literally within 24 hours, I was fine. And I realized that, I'm just never going back to that place of trauma drama over what someone else does. And I feel like that was really the beginning for me of finding a center and a balance in my life. Like the idea of being the eye of the hurricane, which I just love that piece, you know, how you can be firm and grounded and centered while all the trauma drama is happening around you. That was the moment that I made the decision that that's how I wanted to be with my life. I wanted to find peace. I want to live in peace. I don't want to be swayed by other people's trauma drama, even if it is, you know, the child that I love and adore and I don't want to see her ruin her life, right? So I wanted to share these seven learnings that I had And I'm hoping that, you know, these are things that will help you also. And 
you know, all of you have an invitation here. If you go to the meeting wall, start meeting link that I sent you, right under my picture there's something called meeting resources, and I have class notes for class two. So I wrote some questions out for you to also help you to identify where in your life there's been, you know, a lot of trauma, trauma, and chaos, and what works for you, what doesn't work for you, I'm going to tell you what works for me. So feel free to write these down also. But, again, you can also look at the notes. So the first thing that I realized, and this is part of the forgiveness, living with forgiveness process that I teach in the book, is acceptance. That I decided I couldn't fight the relationship anymore. I can't change it. She's married to him. I just had to accept it. Acceptance brings a lot of peace in and of itself. You know how it is, like, before you make a big decision for something? Like, I've known a lot of people who have decided, like, to have their houses foreclosed on or to go through bankruptcy in the last few years. And before you make that decision, it's really, really, really difficult. But once you accept it, once you make the decision and it's done and you accept it, there's a peace that comes along with that. So that's one thing that I think was really helpful for me. Two was I let go of control. I realized that I couldn't control her life. And that letting go of control actually gave me a lot of freedom. And I know, you know, that anybody with children, you know exactly what I'm talking about because there are always times in our lives that we want to control them. We want to control how they feel, you know, what they do with their lives. We want them to be happy. And we think that we have the idea of how that happiness is going to work. So giving up control was big. Number three was really stepping into that place of, It's her life path. This is about her lessons. And that's really believing that what happens is supposed to happen. So it's interesting because this was in 2009. This was in February 2009. And that marriage actually, by the way, only lasted for six months. And then she got divorced. And... To this day, she does not regret that marriage. She feels that she's learned a lot of really valuable lessons as a result of it. So who am I, right? Even as her mother, who am I to tell her what her lessons should be and where they should come from? We all have our path. Number four was, for me, the same thing. So I control my own lessons, and I can't be swayed by the idea that my belief that she's ruining her life is true. So it's like we have this belief, but it's not necessarily true, even though we think it's true. That's also important. Number five is this too shall pass. And like I said, it it was actually true. You know, one year later, she was divorced and you know, just perfectly fine. She was okay. So this too shall pass is a fabulous motto. And if you don't live by that, it's something to definitely consider. Number six 
is how I feel is up to me. It's not up to her. So, again, going back to personal responsibility, which in the forgiveness process is the second step in the process, is taking personal responsibility. I can't take personal responsibility for her marrying him, but I can certainly take personal responsibility for how I feel about the situation. And that was a big aha for me. I was never particularly happy about it, I will tell you that. But very interestingly, in six months that they were married, I hadn't even seen him. They lived in another town, and I hadn't had to deal with him, and I hadn't had to deal with him since. So what I was thinking about it, how I was thinking I would have to deal with it, wasn't actually true, and it didn't actually come to pass that my life was going to be affected by it the way I thought it would be. And number seven is... This is really huge, too, and it definitely is part of the forgiveness process. That when I blamed her, I felt like a victim, and I came from the place of the victim. So I wasn't able to heal as long as I'm in the place of victim, right? So as soon as I decided not to be a victim anymore and to let it go, that it was her life, all of the hurt and the anger and the frustration, you know, all of that went away because I became more self-empowered by not playing the role of the victim. So I think it's just really important, really looking at your own life. Can you think about times where you've really played the victim And look at those time frames where you really held on to that poor me kind of attitude, you know, oh, poor me, poor me. And what did it take for you to switch away from that poor me attitude and take control of your life when you really stepped out of that victim mentality? So I hope you enjoyed these forgiveness teachings. This is Lori Rubenstein, and for more information, you may go to www.lorirubenstein.com or for more information on the topic of forgiveness, please purchase the book, Forgiveness, colon, Heal Your Past and Find the Peace You Deserve.